Daniel Jeremiah's new mock is out. What does it mean for the Cardinals if Marvin Harrison Jr. is not there at number four overall? Let's discuss. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Please go to the YouTube channel, search Locked On Arizona Cardinals. Hit that subscribe button, man. Please. I know you're starting to fall in love with this big dumb face of mine and what I have to say. I know it. Uh, if you want to leave a review, wherever you get your podcast, it's appreciated. I'm just happy that you are here. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Uh, make every moment more, man. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Okay, so this is going to be a fun podcast again. We are... <laughs> The beauty of the powerhouse that is the NFL is it's a 24-7 news cycle. There's always something to discuss. The draft is two months away. The combine's not even here yet. The combine's next week. Free agency hasn't started. And we are in full-blown mock draft season. There's like a there's like an arc of things that we get to look forward to right after the season's over. And it one, it's who's getting fired? What new coaches are coming in? What big big name free agents are going to be on the move? Who's going to get franchise tag, which is where we are right now. But starting with mock draft season, usually, I mean, listen, pro football, like there are entities that do mock drafts all year. But like true, the beginning of mock draft season is right around here. And then you go through that, you go to the combine. And then it's really draft heavy. And then you go into free agency and that's glorious. And then you have the draft in April, which is another little chef's kiss. And then it's like, okay, so now you do record projections, way too early record projections. And then you do what other free agents haven't been signed. Oh, that's a surprise. Who can be traded? Things like that. And then it's list season, which is the middle, you know, of the, of the quote unquote dead zone. And then you got minicamp, rookie minicamp. So they've really built this to where it's a well-oiled machine, 365 days a year, 366 days in 2024 leap year, baby. So uh, right now, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, probably, you know, he's one of the best in the game with mock drafts, et cetera. And he left us, you know, a little, a little, you know, present under the February Christmas tree with his mock draft that dropped yesterday after I posted yesterday's podcast, but we can talk about it today. So um, here's Marvin Harrison Jr. going number three to the Patriots. Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU going to the Cardinals at four and at 27 um, he has the Cardinals taking Darius Robinson, who is a, a stud, you know, standout at the senior bowl. Uh, you know, whenever I do mock drafts, I always look around like the players around the Cardinals picks that were taken as well. Not necessarily up top because that's kind of if Marvin Harrison jr. Is there cool. If not, you've got a conundrum like I discussed yesterday, but down at 27, you know, he's got an edge rusher from Missouri going to the Cardinals 27. It's definitely a need. But the interesting part about this is 
while having, you know, Adonai Mitchell going at 26 to the Bucks, which is higher than um, higher than I had seen before. Tyler Guyton tackle from uh, Oklahoma going at 24, which is a lot lower than what we've seen. We've seen him go into teens. The interesting part is there are two interior offensive linemen going right around going at 29, Zach Frazier from West Virginia and Graham Barton from Duke going at 31 to the 49ers. So listen, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is not there at four, the Cardinals have a couple options. I'll discuss the one that I think should happen in the next segment. But when you're looking at no Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, or no Marvin Harrison Jr. at four, that is the first big decision that Monty Osborne needs to make. And listen, we can talk about mock drafts all day long. But there's something that I would like to remind people, and I think people thought this way. I mean, I did. Marvin Harrison Jr. was an exception to the Cardinals draft plan. Marvin Harrison Jr. was an exception. It's like, oh, you know what? If Marvin Harrison Jr. is there, you take him. Otherwise, you're trading back. Or you're drafting Joe Alt. And that was before Jane Daniels shot up the charts. That was before J.J. McCarthy is starting to get buzzed. And yes, I saw in some comments from, uh, I think it was yesterday's show, like J.J. McCarthy could definitely go in the top five. There are rumblings. When rumblings start this early, gaining traction this early is wild. He just won the national championship. This isn't like, you know, an Alabama quarterback. He was a good quarterback. You know, he was able to huck it. And so before Jane Daniels shot off the charts, before J.J. McCarthy is now, you know, coming late and started to really make some noise and some rumbling that he may go in the top 10, it was Marvin Harrison Jr. or trade back. Marvin Harrison Jr. or Joe Walton. The only reason Marvin Harrison Jr. was there was because the Cardinals had a chance to get him. This wasn't like, you know, the Cardinals are drafting second. Or the Cardinals are drafting first, and it's like, oh, well, you got to trade back. Nope, but Marvin Harrison Jr. is there, so you got to take him. Like, the Cardinals had an outside chance of drafting him to begin with. And the fact that he is still in the orbit means that it's an exception to what their draft plan probably would have been. So now, with him potentially going three, the Cardinals obviously need to have a contingency plan they do already, I'm sure. And this is where we sit today. So I'm going to take the last two minutes here. I didn't necessarily want to do this, but uh, I think it's necessary. Be prepared for the Cardinals to not draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Be prepared for that. The Patriots haven't had a lot of excitement in the wide receiver room since Randy Moss. Julian Edelman was a surprise. He was a quarterback in college. Rob Gronkowski went to University of Arizona. He was a mid-round pick. He wasn't a first-round pick. Maybe in second round. They haven't had anything to scream about in Foxborough in a long time, especially from the wide receiver room. So the fact that they could go get a veteran quarterback and draft potentially the best player in the draft, it's probably the best move for them. So while it's storybook beginning, with new regime, Kyler Murray healthy, team on the right path, going and getting the next Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, cool. It'd be great. And we're starting to see very early on 
that there's an outside chance that they will get him, not an outside chance that they won't. How does that Philly win feel now? How does it feel now for everybody who wanted to go, oh yeah, great moving forward. And yes, I said at the time, great win, proof of concept. And now they're reaping what they sow because the Cardinals would have had the third overall pick if they didn't win that game. And we'd be having a completely different conversation. Now, you know, consolation prize, Matt Prater missed the game winner week 18 against the, uh, against the Seahawks. So the Cardinals are at least in a better position. Than they would have been at five at five. It's easy at five. It's Joe Alter. You trade back. And the wide receiver, you know, the Malik neighbors is a, he's a good wide receiver. He could be a great wide receiver. Same with Roma Dunze. Same with, you know, there are so many wide receivers that are going to be going in the first round, five, six. But keep in mind that the way you build a roster from the ground up, I didn't fall asleep. I was thinking what I was going to say. For those who are wondering. The way you build a roster is from the inside out. And I am sure that if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't there in this draft, we would already be talking about offensive line. Pass rush, trade back. There are so many quarterback-hungry teams. The Cardinals will be able to leverage against with the amount of court with the amount of quarterbacks that are coming out that are now up at the top. Patriots. They tried Mac Jones, didn't work. Bailey Zappi. They'd much rather have stability from the quarterback position right away than draft the quarterback and hope it works. Marvin Harrison Jr. is much more of a home run chance than Jane Daniels is, or Drake May is at this point. So while it's sobering, be prepared for the Cardinals not to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. It'll sting a lot less if that's in fact what happens. Alex Nancy locked on Cardinals talking about quarterback stability in the final segment. I'll be uh, reacting to um, a local website, raising Zona. They do a great job over there. And uh, there was an art- interesting article that was written and I'll discuss that in the final segment. Something the Cardinals definitely should not do, um, but is, you know, in an extension of this conversation I just had, is it Marvin Harrison Jr. or busted for, is that where we should be looking? You draft Marvin Harrison Jr. at four, or you trade back. Is that the option? Is that the the right move for the Cardinals moving forward? I'll discuss that next, and we're all on here, locked on Cardinals. Your team every day. Oh, this episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets. With any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. But on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more, you can pick NBA champion. You can pick NBA MVP, Nikola Jokic. What a shocker. Is now the odds on favorite to win the MVP yet again. You can do all that and more over at FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. All right, Lockdown Cardinals, Alex Clancy here. So here's the thing. Um, Daniel Jeremiah's mocks are fun. Right when, like, this is when the conversation pieces just begin. And it makes you think about things in different ways from people who definitely smarter than me regarding the draft, okay? And 
we're starting to see a trend of Marvin Harrison Jr. going number three. Now, Pro Football Focus has him going number four to the Cardinals, and it's really just a determination on what Robert Kraft wants the future of his organization to look like. Washington's taking a quarterback. Chicago is either taking a quarterback or trading back to a team who will be taking a quarterback. So when you look at Daniel Jeremiah having the Cardinals take Malik Neighbors at four, it makes it like it makes me go back and think how adamant I was against the Cardinals taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at four. So if it's any other wide receiver at four, I'm apoplectic because there's so many other needs. Lest we forget, they had a non-existent pass rush, zero corners who could play at an NFL level. The interior of the offensive line, namely the left side of the offensive line, was god-awful last year. And James Conner can't touch the ball 30 times a game if the Cardinals want to win. Okay, And while... Obviously, the running back position is not one that they'll be taking in the first or second round. The other three are more important to the sustained success of a team than a wide receiver. They just are. The Jamar Chase one's cool. Joe Burrow's been hurt three times, twice, three times, since they drafted Jamar Chase and passed on Penny Sewell. So you can look at them making the Super Bowl. That's fine. Joe Burrow got sacked eight times in one game in that playoffs, and they ended up miraculously winning. And poetically, the last play of the Super Bowl, Jamar Chase was open, and Joe Burrow didn't have enough time to throw him the ball. A good offensive line makes wide receivers look better than they are because the quarterback has more time in the pocket, which gives wide receivers more time to get open, which makes corners strain a little bit more because it's the most difficult position to play in football on the defensive side, at least. So the question is, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is not there at four, are you trading back? Yes. Joe Alt seems to be the guy. Now, if you move Paris Johnson Jr. over to the left, it frees you up a little bit. Parrish Johnson Jr., his traditional position of play is left, is left tackle. Uh, Jared Valdir, this is something I always like talking about. Jared Valdir, when he played with the Cardinals, they moved him over to the right side before they traded him, I think, to Denver. I'm a little foggy on that, but um, he talked. It was, it was like learning how to do everything with your opposite hand, learning how to write, learning how to eat, learning how to do everything with your opposite hand from moving from one side of the line to the other. So Parrish Johnson Jr., a pretty damn good job in a position that wasn't natural traditionally for him. So if they move him over to the left, then that opens up options for the Cardinals to draft a traditional right tackle instead of drafting Joe Alt and moving him. So is it Marvin Harrison Jr. or bust at four? Is it Marvin Harrison Jr. or trade back from four down? Yes. And it's a lot easier to distinguish between right and wrong at this point because there are more quarterbacks who will be drafted higher in the draft. If this was only a Caleb, Caleb uh, Williams and Drake may draft. I think the Cardinals would be much more apt to just stick and pick there, but because Jane Daniels is going to be up there and because there are so many teams that will want to move up a handful of spots to draft their quarterback for the future. It is a no brainer to be on team trade down if Marvin Harrison Jr. Isn't there. And this is something that while it would, you know, I still haven't said it. Uh, it's still too early. But right when I started to get close, 
to being on, you know, on team Marvin Harrison Jr. at four. Then they, the mocks came out that he was starting to go to New England. I'm like, all right, well, no need to get invested now. People a lot smarter than me think New England's going to draft their wide receiver for the future and not give the Arizona Cardinals a chance. When you look at teams like Denver and the Raiders, who are drafting outside the top 10, just outside the top 10, Atlanta at eight, who see Jaden Daniels as a guy that could be their guy. And the Cardinals can get maybe a second round this year and a second round next year. It doesn't even necessarily need to be a first, depending on how far they move down. If they move outside of the top 10, then they'll get a first next year and a second probably this year, and they'll give up a third next year or something like that. Once you get to a point where you're trading back, that means that there isn't anybody at four that you think is worth staying there for. So with that, how doesn't matter how far you trade back. The entire first round is going to be absolutely stockpiled with talent at all positions. So say they move back to 11 or 12 and get one of the top pass rushers, get one of the top, if not the top corners. You can draft an offensive lineman. Olu Fashion from Penn State's been dropping like, like a sack of bricks. So it like it mocked early, he was top five, top seven. And I'm going to get, I have a couple pro football focus guys that are my buddies that, um, that I'm going to get on here. Um, it's just a wild time. Um, but it's, if you're moving back, it doesn't matter how far. So that's why it's such a stark contrast between Marvin Harrison Jr. being there at four and not. Because if he's not, then you go back to the original plan of accumulate picks for the future, baby. This is how you build a roster. Veterans through free agency and nail drafts. And if the Cardinals can get more draft picks, imagine if they could get an extra second round pick this year. Imagine that. That means they would have two firsts, two seconds, and three thirds. So if Marvin Harrison Jr. is not there, I can, I mean, you know, obviously we don't know yet because these guys haven't played football yet. But, I mean, it's hard to believe the Malik neighbors would be worth not getting an extra, like, would be worth not getting an extra second-round pick in this draft. On top of the first where they move down seven or eight spots. The beauty of the Cardinals in 2024 is they have needs everywhere. So it's not like they're just, you know, hunting for one or two positions. And if they don't get those, then it's a lost draft. They need everything. They need absolutely everything except one position, quarterback. One thing the Arizona Cardinals absolutely should not do in the 2024 NFL draft. I'll discuss that next as we roll on here. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. I'm still locked out. So, I mean, I don't know when that's going to happen. I'm starting to get a little aggravated. Hopefully in the next couple of days I'll be back. Uh, but while, while you're at it, please, you know, search Locked on Arizona Cardinals on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, baby. Um, this is going to be Locked on Cardinals' biggest year yet, and I'm really happy that you're here with me. I will be right back to talk about one thing the Arizona Cardinals absolutely should not do in this year's draft next. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Alex Clancy here. Please go to the YouTube channel, search Locked on Arizona Cardinals. Hit that subscribe button. Is it a trade down automatically? If Marvin Harrison Jr. is not there at four, yeah. Yeah. I think so. 
He was the exception to the rule. So if Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft is correct with the New England Patriots taking Marvin Harrison Jr. three, auto trade back. So many teams need a quarterback. There will be at least one. And don't scoff at J.J. McCarthy being a top five or top seven pick. Don't do it. Crazy things happen every single year. Half the NFL needs a quarterback. And the Cardinals have the fourth overall pick. Okay? So just Jaden Daniels, obviously the Heisman winner, even though he kind of, you know, backed into it with Caleb Williams and Drake May falling off their proverbial cliffs, respectively. Like, Jaden Daniels winning the Heisman might be the best thing that happened to the Cardinals for the 2024 draft. Yeah. So we'll see. I think it's trade down if it's not Marvin Harrison Jr. And uh, if these mock drafts are starting to trend that way, I said in the first segment, please remove yourself from the heartbreak if Marvin Harrison Jr. goes at three. You've got a couple months. Prepare for it. One thing the Arizona Cardinals absolutely should not do in the 2024 draft. Um, Brandon Ray from uh, Raising Zona. They do a great job over there. Go check them out, RaisingZona.com. Put out an article about how the Cardinals should potentially look at drafting a quarterback in 2024. And while the premise isn't insane by any stretch, And it's not because they drafted Clayton Toon last year as to why I'm saying what I'm saying. But the Cardinals' fragility as an organization won't allow any benefit from drafting a rookie quarterback in 2024. Let me explain. I've mentioned myriad times on this show recently Every day, as you know, if this is your first listen to Lockdown Cardinals, thank you, by the way. Um, They need veteran plug-and-play talent from their backup quarterback in 2024. I mentioned Tyrod Taylor and James Winston. Ideal candidates to lead your team? No, but that's not their job. Their job is to be there in case of emergency, to be able to come in, run this offense, and be able to win spot games, you know, spot win games for the Cardinals. So drafting a quarterback, so 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 let's look at it this way. You're not drafting a quarterback in the first round, the second round, the third round, or the fourth round. So while this Brock Purdy effect is still permeating the airwaves and all of the molecules in which we breathe, stop it. Stop it. The last thing the Arizona Cardinals need is a question mark at the quarterback position. This isn't excitement of the unknown. This isn't Josh Dobbs coming in and doing whatever he did. I still can't. You you can't make rational sentences based upon what we witnessed with Joshua Dobbs. It was a wild high and low spectrum of excitement and what the hell and oh, that's terrible and everything in between. They need strong, stable backup quarterback play that you know will be effective. At least 70% of what Kyler Murray can produce. So this has nothing to do with them needing having needs elsewhere. Because I did a whole podcast yesterday about the, you know, the tight end two, wide receiver two, and RB2 that they need. So even though they have positions of strength, they still need running mates for all three of those positions. 
It has nothing to do with them having needs elsewhere. It has everything to do with not putting themselves in precarious positions in an effort to move this team forward. So say Kyler Murray does go down, you've got a fifth-round rookie coming in and starting? Nope. That puts too much pressure on everything going right from the quarterback position all year. So while what Brandon said, it's not wrong, but I feel like in this time, in this year, on the journey of the Arizona Cardinals, especially with the new regime, Jonathan Gannon, you know, the coordinators and Monty Osward being so new and it working so much better, so much quicker than people thought initially. That it would be very, very stressful for the entire season, just hoping Kyler Murray wouldn't get hurt. And obviously you don't want any of that. You don't want any player in the history of sports to get hurt. On your team, on the team you cover, on the team you love, on the team you hate, whatever it is. You never want anybody to get injured if you're a good person. So you don't expect it, but you have to prepare for it. And what we saw last year, there was 10, 12, 14 quarterback injuries. So many. This is a new wave of how you look at the quarterback position. You're not doing the, oh, who was it? Oh, man, at Ohio State. Uh, Pepe Pearson was running back, I think. It was a long time ago. They had two quarterbacks. And their their college teams do that. They they would rotate series. It's like, that's not what I'm talking about. But you need to be able to have the quarterback position sewn up in case something happens. Backup quarterbacks were looked at as, you know, the most popular player on the team because never had any expectations. You know, they were in the quarterback room. They were, you know, they'd work hard and stuff, but they'd hold a clipboard and game. They're like, they were always the most popular player. Backup quarterback is now like the most important. Like the 23rd most important player on the team, save the starters. Because if your starting quarterback goes down and you have a first-year player who has never seen any reps come in, chances are that player will fail initially. It's not a negative you know, thing. It's just, it's new. It's the NFL. It's really hard to play in the NFL. And it, it, you're dread, like, I don't know if you know this, um, more times than not. Okay, obviously it's not completely, it's yin-yang. More times than not, later in the draft, the players aren't as talented. Just more times than not. So it's not like you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, like, oh, perfect. Just in case Kyler Murray gets hurt, you've got your guy. No. That's why serviceable backup quarterbacks can play in the league for 15 years. Tyra Taylor's going to play in the league for another five, seven years, at least. He's a good teammate. He's efficient when he plays. He doesn't, like, that's why, you know, Tyra Taylor is probably the better option than Jameis, because Jameis is fantastical on both sides. Drafting a quarterback this year, while I understand the idea, I think is way too risky in the sense that the Cardinals need to have fail-safes at every position. And you'd much rather have a quarterback who's played in the league for a decade, who can run the same offense that Kyler Murray does pretty much. Even You need 65-70% of what Kyler Murray does. 
even 50%. If a rookie comes in, you're looking at 20%. Going into 2024, the Arizona Cardinals cannot plant booby traps on themselves, and drafting a quarterback would be one of those. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Without you, there is no me. Remember that. I'll talk to you tomorrow.